Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I am the pastor of First Southern Baptist Church in Westminster, Colorado. And with me, as always, is my brother from another mother out there in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, Andy Crow. Andy, what's shaking down there in the Bluegrass State? Can I just tell you how excited I was that NPR Chad was back? Oh, I could really turn it on. I've been I've been really thinking about turning it on. Like it really should be like, and welcome to another episode of the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool. And if you only do it during the intro, I'm good with it. But I know that my I always think about there was a there was a radio show back in New York when I was a kid. It was the it was on WBLS, which is like the hip hop R and B station, and it was the quiet storm. And basically, it came on after 10 o'clock, and I can only be described as baby-making music. And uh, Baby-making music. And uh, the guy would be like, and it's the quiet storm. <laughs> i buy you a pit sandwich. <laughs> so what's going on? No, it's it's been a week. You know, I'm, I'm ready for the weekend. I got big plans for this weekend. Uh, so oh, I could turn it into morning zoo, Chad, and it's Friday, and we could play Lover Boys. Everybody's working for the weekend. Uh, yeah, no. So when you hear this, uh, my weekend will have been over. We record this on Thursday nights. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to let that knowledge out, but there it is. Oh, wait, you're 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 uh, you're disrupting the magic, man. <laughs> anyway. So uh, I got a buddy of mine coming down from the Hope this weekend, him and his family. Wait, who this? Uh, The guy that replaced me, actually. Uh, Drew. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so his wife and baby are are coming down. We're excited to see them. Uh, But Drew and I are taking a behind-the-scenes tour of the Louisville Slugger Museum. Oh, I've been there. But now I'm jealous. Sweet place to go and to do the basic tour is pretty awesome. But evidently, like you tell them what team you root for, yeah, on this tour, and they bring out the artifacts like yeah. contracts and and all this other stuff. And like it's like a baseball fan's like wet dream, if I can mm. say. That. Well, that's it. This was the final episode of the Hillbilly <laughs> and the Hipster. I will be rebooting this podcast with my new friend Bryce Ulrich. I said a dirty word last week. Roll, roll tide. Roll tide. He'll kill you. I know. You might as well. (laughs) And then it'll be the third reboot of the hillbilly. It's just the hipster. It's just the hipbilly at that point. You're both of them. That's right. Uh, I could be NPR Chad and Morning Zoo Chad doing both. (laughs) Double duty. No, but so we're gonna do that, and then you know our families are gonna spend some time together. Uh, I, you know, I love these people. They, uh, I, you know, I I talked to Drew, you know, when we left, and I was like, hey, I, I need somebody that that I trust mm. to take over this youth, and, and you know, he did it. God love him. He's doing it, working yeah. full time. So he's he's doing good stuff. I hear good things from the kids. So I, I'm super. He's got a, a the cutest little baby. Just adorable um so we're excited they're coming down and spend some time with them so that's good good plans for this good i have a funeral to officiate so uh you know i'm glad you can have some fun times you can't guilt me about every funeral (laughs) 
throw your mom in my face. I call you with some news that I got that I, you know, I'm not at liberty to say I'm here, but I call you with news I got, and you're like, oh, great, my mom dies, and you just have to one up. <laughs> you can't do that. There's, got, there's an expiration on that. Is um, there? Is there? When one's mother passes away, is there an expiration? What does the Bible say for everything? There is a season. We're changing seasons, Chad. We're coming into spring. Oh, we're going to hell. Or one of us is going to hell. Oh, God. I, I don't like the heat. No. That's why, that's why I stay out of the kitchen. I can't handle the heat. And, you know, that's why I, I, fir- I'm, I, I firmly believe in the one saved, always saved. Well, within limitations. Yeah, there's there's an exception to that rule, but yeah, within favorite. limitations. So that's good. That sounds like an exciting weekend. So we are about uh, well, we're two weeks from Easter. Two weeks from Easter. I had to do the timeline in the math. I'm like, wait, is this Holy Week or next week? No, it's holy next, next week. week. Uh, next week is Palm Sunday. That's right. That's when our Easter choir is singing. Is on Palm Sunday, so it's really a Palm Sunday choir. Shout out Jackson Covington at Macedonia Baptist Church, leading the Easter choir or Palm Sunday choir. But uh, he picked a hard song. It's a hard one. What are you doing? Are you I, in the? You're in the choir, aren't you? No, I is. Captain, I can't read music. They're like, he goes, Andy, what are you saying? And I go, the words. He goes, no, no, what part? And I go, the main part. I don't what know. key? <laughs> I'm tone deaf. If I don't have somebody singing along beside me, I ain't doing nothing. Yeah. So he put me on the tenor line, and I'm like, well, I can't sing bass because I don't have the voice, and I can't sing tenor because. Well, it's because daddy sang bass. I used to smoke, so I can't sing tenor. So, um, yeah, you y'all doing anything anything special on Easter at church? Uh, I, well, I don't know because I'm not on leadership, so I don't know everything. Uh, we're uh, doing a commitment the day before. We'll be out of town, um, so I won't do that. Oh, I know we are doing a sunrise service. Uh, I love sunrise services. Yeah, I'm doing one too. Um, we're going to do a sunrise service. This will be the first one I think this church has had in decades. Um, it isn't being very well received. It may just be you. <laughs> no one wants to get up that early, but and then I'm not. And it's I mean, the running gag is it's really it's post sunrise. It's just early. I mean, it's you know, I'm trying to ease them into it, but it's not it's not super early. It's 730 in the morning. So my home church that I I grew up in, uh, which is like twenty five minutes away, um, they're like half a mile up the road, on top of this ginormous hill is the cemetery, right? And so we have a cross camp that was well, a we. I'm gonna use that because I still feel like I'm part of it. Um, they have a cross carrying on. Oh uh, sure five or six or something we they would meet at the church and they have the beam right usually one of the older men start because once they get to the bottom of the hill they can't you know do anything 
So, but it's it's a real somber event. It, you don't talk. You just walk, right? Mm-hmm. Still led. You go up and you take the beam from the guy or the lady in front of you. Um, it's a pretty powerful thing. You oh know? wow, that that'd be interesting. I mean, I that yeah, yeah I, I could see that being powerful. I uh, so I've I've participated in numerous times. I've carried it uh, a few times, uh, but one of the neatest things that I think I've seen with that is when two teenagers because they knew they couldn't carry it together and so what what do we as youth pastors and pastors say you know carry your cross but you you be there for your brother right you pick them up when they fall and you you carry it with them and so these two felt led to go take it and so they carried it together because they knew that they because i mean it's it's an accurate depiction of it right and so yeah, they, they pull a little Simon a siren. Yeah, so they went up and carried it with each other, and it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to watch. Mm. As an adult looking at the and so it's weird when I go to that church to think of myself as an adult because I think of <laughs> I think of young Andy when I think mm-hmm. of um, Reverend little, <laughs> little little Bobby Hill running around in short pants preaching the gospel. That's what I think of. Um, and so to see, you know, somebody do that's pretty, pretty cool, I think. Yeah, I've, um, I've had a week of a, like a lot of hospital visits the last two weeks with church members. Uh, one who's been in the hospital twice had a, had a little bit of a heart issue, but she's, uh, I got a call early, um, I guess Tuesday morning, a couple days ago. And her husband had called me and they rushed her to the hospital about four o'clock in the morning because she was just bleeding everywhere and like vomit and blood and everything after she had had this heart procedure. And yeah, she's doing well. She has an ulcer. So I think between blood thinners and some of the other meds, you know, kind of opened up this ulcer or made it worse. But I mean, the one thing that's been really strong on me this week is um, I know it's kind of just a rabbit hole. But me going there to minister to her and her husband in the hospital and how much she's ministered to me, and I don't think she even knows it. I I know she doesn't know it. Like, and, and, and when I have this conversation with her, she won't believe it. You know, but just that, and that's from my experience, and that is ministry. Yeah, I mean, just uh, she's whatever whatever's going to happen right she believes in god's sovereignty and whatever's going to happen she's okay with like she's ready she's ready to still be alive and go home and wants to clean up the blood that's in the in the bedroom because she knows her husband's not going to call stanley steamer or whomever she's suggested he calls to get it cleaned up and he's thinking i gotta rip the carpet out she's like no you can clean it they're arguing this woman's I, i i'm really certain like her blood pressure was ridiculously high and everything that she's going she had like lost half her blood and she's still telling them what to do but in those moments like those quiet moments and and just her her belief in the sovereignty of god and and that that true sort of living embodiment of like your will be done um it's reminded me a lot of daniel uh, and we're preaching through daniel at church but daniel's you know, belief in God's sovereignty that no matter what happens, whatever whatever God's will is, Daniel's good because he knows he's covered. And I will say that as a pastor, 
I want to believe that every day, and I do. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But my goodness, sometimes the things that we tell people the most, we struggle with. Not that we don't believe it, but oh, I, absolutely. As, as pastors, and I'm not saying everybody doesn't go through this either, but as pastors. Um, and right now I'm not serving in the church, but I, you know, I've got that experience. And even in my job, we don't always see people on the highest of highs. No. Right. Sure. People tell us from time to time, like, Hey, look, this is what's going awesome in my life. Look at that. Usually if they're coming to us and especially me and my job now, like they're not in a good spot. No. And so sometimes we need to be reminded of the very stuff that we're telling other people. Like God's sovereign. He's going to be there for you. And if it happens the way you want it to happen, great. If it happens the complete and total opposite, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it takes some little old lady yelling at her husband about the carpet to remind us like, Oh crap, that stuff that I'm saying, like, People get it. Yeah. Not everybody, but people, some people get it. And it's those little things that really allow us to keep going in the ministry. It you is. Know? It's it's the one thing I've learned. And I know this isn't what we we're going to talk about tonight, but it's the one thing I've learned that I've, I've learned a hard way because it's really hard, right? You go, and I, I mean, we've been to a couple of conferences that, Definitely polar opposite conferences. One that was, you know, you, you need to be big church, right? If you're not, if you're not 500, you know, go, it's the go big or go home. They and, call it small church, a church of 600. Yeah. And then, you know, a conference that, you know, Jared Wilson put on a couple of times over there in, in Kansas City, the normal, like normal pastors. And I, and I really think I probably had the smallest church in the room at that point, but it was still guys with, you know, sub two, you know, churches under 250. And there were a lot more guys that had churches under a hundred. There were pastor and churches under a hundred, but that what, what I've really, I guess that God's put on me and I've embraced is the simplicity of ministry. Ministry is hard. Um, don't get me wrong. It, it can be hard, but it's the things that we've bypassed, right? The, the hospital visits, the grieving, just sitting with somebody and listening, like visiting the widows, you know, just sitting with somebody and letting them know that, you know, you're there for them and you're just there to listen to them. And when I go back to the, to the simple, which all, you know, some of those conferences, like all the big main stage speakers at those big conferences are like, they never talk about it right there. It's all, it's all about, something bigger and platform and socials and all this other stuff, but sitting in the quiet with a widow and just listening to her tell a story or, or praying with somebody or reading scripture with somebody at their bedside in the hospital is, is so incredibly soothing for me. And that like in those moments, the Lord ministers to me through those folks. I think one of the, sweetest times that I had was I was sitting with I would consider one of the matriarchs of our of the church back in Terre Haute um, 
and sitting with her. She doesn't have any kids. She has nieces and nephews that she looks like as kids. But her and her husband passed some years ago. And he was, he was, I have stories about him that I just giggle, right? But sitting on her front porch, she called me one day and she's like, hey, uh, you look like you need a recliner. And I was like, I, I do enjoy a good recliner. And so she goes, uh, well, I bought a new one. I've got one that's about 10 years old, but it's yours. And, you know, she weighed 75 pounds. So like this recliner, it, it set brand new. Um, so I went and pick it up and I sat on her front porch with her for probably 30 to 45 minutes and just listening to her talk about stories of her and Don back when, you know, when they were young and just the craziness that, or at least the things that they did that she thought was crazy. And I'm just like, man, if that's crazy, I should be in an asylum. But it's just some of the sweetest times that you have is when you, when you deal with the widows. Yeah, so I'll say this. I mean, you know, if you're a pastor and and you are a pastor and you're called pastor and you're not visiting the sick, you're not taking the time to do a hospital visit or whatever it is, you've got the time. I know we're all busy, but you've got the time to spend 15 minutes to check in on somebody in a hospital room or or check in on a you know one of your widows um during the week. Um, <laughs> you're you're not doing it right you're not a pastor because that's that's a huge part of the job and so stop putting it off stop um you know stop delegating it to somebody else like do it you i i get it you may be in a church and have a schedule maybe you're bivocational and you can't make every hospital visit right but you should be leading by example and leading up your your folks to be able to do that as well but you got to be doing it oh absolutely and uh, let's let's step on some other toes. If your pastor is bivocational and you're a deacon, you need to be stepping up and serving in that area as well. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the whole call, right? The deacon ministry. What we see, you know, with the Hellenistic widows, was to serve the widows, right? The the apostles were like, we can't serve tables. We gotta study and preach the word. Like that's the that was the whole purpose of the original deacons. If you look at the term, the word deacon, it literally means servant. Mm -hmm. There to pick up what we, I say we, what the pastors can't get to. Now, if the pastors can't get to it because they'd rather sit in a coffee shop and and read books and you know chit chat with the boys, that's an issue all in itself. But you you gotta. That's a population that is underserved, and we've we've got to do better. And we have rabbit holed the beginning of this. We have we have sort of rabbit holed, but it's been it's been good, good conversation. I mean, I think our in our pre show prep, um, we did uh, we, we did plan a talk on the uh, about the first half of uh, Passion Week, Holy Week, um, that. Jesus's timeline for the last week of his life from the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday till about uh, that sort of Holy Wednesday, that silent day when when nothing really goes on that we know of in Scripture, except that Jesus remained in Bethany throughout the day and um, kind of had some rest. Although I don't think nothing happened. I mean, I'm sure there was right there. 
probably definitely activity as he prepared for the Passover meal, you know, we know it was the last supper and, you know, there's some other activity like, you know, Judas is uh, plotting with the Sanhedrin. Um, you know, both of them, Judas and the Sanhedrin are preparing for Jesus's arrest, but you know, Jesus and Bethany, I, I think staying in Bethany with Mary and Martha and Lazarus, those folks he loved dearly. And it's probably a place of great comfort for him. Yeah, so let me let me pose this to you. Let me talk to you. It's Palm Sunday. Yes, sir. sir. You're Jesus. You know what's coming down the pike. It's it's not a shock as to what's gonna happen in less than a week's time, right? You send you send your boys, they get you the colt, you're riding into town cursing fig trees people are cheering you're healing blind man bart I mean, all all of this is happening knowing that what, what it's going to lead to now i know that that jesus knew that but i also know jesus was fully god but i also know that jesus is fully man right and and so the nerves the highs and the lows that happen within that. Let's just look at Monday, Sunday, Monday, sorry. Sunday, Palm Sunday. The 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 dramatic high, the faltering low, to the anger. Like, put yourself in those shoes, man. Like, how do you deal? How do you do it? Well, yeah, like right behind, I mean, right be, I mean, right before that, right in, in I think about it in, in Matthew, right at the end of Matthew 20, as they're leaving Jericho and that crowd just following him, like calling out, right? The son of David, like have mercy on us. And, uh, well, the, the two blind men were doing it, right? And the crowd, if I remember this right, right, the crowd yells at them to be silent. Right, the com- the crowd commanded that they keep quiet, but they cried out even louder. Right, have mercy on us, son of David. And Jesus stops and he tells them, you know, basically, what do you want me to do? You know, what do you want me to do for you? And they, I think they ask him. Right, if I remember right, they ask him to open their eyes. And there's your blind man Bart. Right, he's one of those two guys. <laughs> you know, and he, and he heals them. And then you're, you know, you're approaching Jerusalem and. You 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 send the you send the two disciples to go get the colt. Um and they do it, right? Just as they just as he ex, um, had asked them to, because they knew they knew the prophecy, right? They they knew that the prophecy was going to be fulfilled. Um and that the prophecy was to be fulfilled from Zechariah. Well, from both from Isaiah and Zechariah. And, uh, you know, they did it and he's, you know, and this crowd just keeps growing and growing and the whole crying out the Hosanna, you know, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and Hosanna in the highest of heaven. And they're screaming this and the putting the fig leaves down and they're crying out that he's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth and Galilee and, and all that stuff. I mean, a huge uproar. I mean, I think. I don't know if I'm Jesus, how I perceive that, right? Because I think for us, fully human, 
there's there's going to be a little bit of ego that comes into play, right? Because even even I think even the most humble among us, right, as humans, you might get a little bit of a heart swell if people are cheering for you and laying their cloaks down and laying paths for you. I don't know. I mean, I I think even you know, there, I'm not saying you'd be completely egotistical about it, but. In Jesus' case, like he's ultimately humble. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really, it doesn't phase him. I mean, he knows it, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that for some of us, if we came in and rode that donkey into town, and maybe we'll be humble, but then you know, we'd go, we'd we'd have a picture on Instagram with a hashtag humble brag, be like so humbled by the by the appearance of the crowd and their love for me today. Hashtag humble brag, right? Blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Yes. Uh, those are my favorite. Um, no, but like I think the thing when you look at Holy Week, and you could do this throughout Jesus' ministry. I would love to actually uh on an episode talk about the water to the wine. Um at the wedding? Yeah, because I got I got jokes for days. Um, but I also have thoughts. <laughs> but I would love the thing that we don't talk about about his people enough is Jesus's emotion. I think we mm. sometimes put Jesus in a box. Right? Well, we don't talk about his humanness very often. Well, that's that's what I'm getting at. Like when I say emotion, like that that that's what makes us who we are is our emotions. And so, you know, when people describe Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, uh, miraculous healer phenomenal teacher all of this right completely accurate descriptions mm -hmm. when it's because he's a man and men don't talk about their feelings yeah. but when when do we talk about his emotions because writing in sure like you, your head is going to swell a little bit or your heart will swell a little bit for a normal person absolutely he knows what's coming. The same people that are cheering him on in less than a week are going to be like, kill him. Right. And the, the triumphal entry isn't so much for the people like celebrating. It's that it, it's the father's will is going to be done. Absolutely. And you so know, we, go ahead. Sorry. But it's something we don't talk about. And so like, and, and I say this a lot in person, all oh, to be a father. <laughs> like I have friends that when they lose their stuff, whether it be on their kids, their spouse, uh, colleagues, uh, oh, to be a fly on the like basketball coaches, right? Your players are playing like crap, and you're like, I don't want to be a fly on the wall in that locker room at halftime. In a Bobby Knight locker room. A Bobby Knight locker room. Uh, there have been sometimes that Jacobson from my beloved U and I Panthers. I'm just like, if he doesn't rip that team a new one, he should lose his job, right? But like to be a fly on the backside of that donkey, mm. so you can see. Because I, I really, I think the one time we talk about his emotions is when he's in the garden praying, right? Not not my will, but your will. Sure. He's sweating blood, like he. So yeah, we're gonna talk about his emotions there. I mean, I I, I think that's one of 
to me, that's one of three moments. I mean, there's more, but there's that's one of three key points in scripture where you we see his human side. That that there in the garden. I think people misinterpret Jesus weeping at Lazarus. Oh, that's that's incredibly human. Yeah, you know, I I think it's I think it's misrepresented a lot in a lot of sermons. Um, and that's that's another episode all in itself. Well, because you know, if you break down the Greek, the for Jesus wept, the Greek word for that basically um, can be translated to like the the whinny of a horse, and not like a wee like like guttural snorting. It's like a snorting, like it was deep in his guts. It, it's an ugly cry. Yeah, exactly. Good, good call. It's the best way I can describe it, and and he knew what was gonna again. He knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. But his heart broke for his friend, all of his friends, right? Not so much for Lazarus, because I think he knew. Uh, well, I don't think, I know that Jesus knew. But like for Mary and Martha, who didn't know, and then for them to be like, look, dude, four days, right? If you would have come when we told yeah. you to come, this wouldn't have happened. And so like his heart is breaking for their emotion, but also like you don't listen like me when i talk to my kids like you don't you don't listen (laughs) right i've told you time and time again x y and z is going to happen and yet you still what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to you don't listen yeah my heart breaks for my kids when they're sad Mm -hmm. oh yeah as a parent i can't fix everything as a man and as a dad i would love to have my wife and kids never feel pain whether it's physical or emotional when they hurt like it it eats at me like i i weep when my kids weep right i weep when my wife weeps but i have absolutely no control in a lot of those situations jesus had total control and he still was like you know what i love you so much i feel what you're feeling and so when we look at that, sit for dramatic effect. When we look at that, and then we fast forward to the triumphant entry, right? We fast forward past that when he's cursing the fig tree and he's throwing tables and whips. And he weeps over Jerusalem. Yeah, and he weeps over Jerusalem like the raw emotion that all of those events have. And for him to hold his stuff together the way that he did. And I I feel like it wasn't for him. It was for the disciples. Mm -hmm. Is something that isn't talked about enough. And I know that's not the direction that that we said we were going to go. But alas, here we are. Yeah, and when when he cleans the temple, right? It's that whole, you know, my... You know, he's, he quotes, he says, it's written, my house will be a, you know, be called a house of prayer. Um, but you're making it a den of thieves when he flips the tables over and um, and the chairs are the ones selling the doves and he throws them out. I mean, the you talk about raw emotion. You t- I mean, just raw emotion. And knowing, again, all of this is thrown on to the fact that he knows what's coming. 
Yeah, and I know we'll get a little bit ahead, but I even think about Thursday, right? The the Last Supper. The thing about that he he washes he washes Judas's feet, and no. then feeds him. You know, serves him, gives him, dips the the bread in the bowl, and gives it to him. Um, you know, right after each other. It's just, I, I don't know. I I don't I don't think I could do that. No, I, I I mean I hope I could, but I don't I don't know. I don't think I can. I wouldn't like it. No, and I and I, I, I guess what I'm about to do is hashtag humble brag. I don't mean to. Uh, I'm just trying to draw comparisons and to and to get you to think. Um, because you say you don't know that you can do that, right? I, I work daily. So for those, if this is your first episode, right? I'm an ordained minister, um, currently not serving at a church in a pastoral role. You're my um, pastor, Andy. I am. I am First Baptist of Westminster's consultant on many things. Well, that's um, good to know because they're the independents down the block for me. So, what are your first Southern? So yes. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta know my clients' names. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I you've I, got I, tattoos and you don't read the King James. They ain't having you. I'm about to get fired once I found that out. No, but I am first Southern of Westminster. I am their consultant on youth and HR and all this. But anyway, I serve in the community I live in as a probation and parole officer. Okay, and the caseload in which I have is not some of the most liked people, right? And we were talking beforehand, like, to be able to compartmentalize and, like, try to see that these people don't deserve to be treated the way they're being treated and how how their sin is no greater than my sin, right? If you look at it in way of... Like the way America sees crime, sure, it's it's heinous. But if the way God sees it, it's no different. And so to be able to sit across the table from them and to work with them to be able to better themselves, knowing what they have done and what they're capable of, like it's hard every day when that happens. And so for Jesus to be able to know what's go what's going to happen with him and still feed him and wash his feet and love him is crazy to me because i'm not going to die for my for my clients and one step further i'm not going to send my son to die for my clients not necessarily because of what they've done but just in general, right? But the fact that God looked down on us, who we've had this conversation many a times, who our best, on our best, is a dirty, oily, filthy rag, right? And to say, you know what? That, that guy that deserves an eternity in hell that's the one that I'm coming for. And I'm going to send my only son 
And he's going to endure the punishment that he deserves. Like, the emotion in that is insane to me. Well, and I think to, to piggyback on that, right? So we'll just, if you or I or any one of your clients were the only person on earth, it doesn't change. No. The story is still the same. Mm-hmm. Doesn't doesn't change a bit. He endures it all. And so no, that's a good word. Um, to just to bring this into closing for what we were going to talk about and didn't um, is just is the Sunday through Wednesday, right? And so to recap that, um, looking at Holy Week because we're coming up on it. If you're unfamiliar with the Holy Week story, I encourage you read the Gospel of Mark. Mark is beautiful. Uh, yeah, and you can find the Holy Week. I mean, this this all we're talking about in Mark eleven. You know, um, basically Mark eleven. You know, starting at Mark eleven at the beginning of the week, and definitely uh, going into like to Mark fourteen. Um, and there's some really good timelines. We will tweet out um, some timelines for you. Um, to just be able to put everything in perspective, if you will. But so Palm Sunday, um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty common term that just where Jesus makes his entry into the city, right? Um, he rides in on the donkey, his disciples and the crowd is with him and they're, they're throwing their cloaks on the ground and palm trees and they're screaming just in pure excitement, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Just stupid excited is the best way I know how to describe it, right? Like, you just won the lottery for Taylor Swift concert tickets, excited. Yeah, I that that doesn't work for me. I'm not excited about that at all. But I am going to see Striper. I am excited about some Striper tickets. I have a little goat on my desk at work that is like three inches tall that I've named Taylor Swift. Because when you push it, it just screams. And I go back to that bit. Anyway, that I've rabbit hole again. I'm sorry. Let's go back. And so then it, it goes into to Monday where Jesus curses the fig tree um, for not producing figs, obviously. Um, and then how he clears out the temple um, because there was a lot of a lot of wrong going down on the temple. You know, like, oh, I'll you can't use your money because you're from another country, but Essentially, if you give me a $20 bill, I'll give you $7 back, right? And and that's my fee for changing it. So you're not going to get 20 bucks. You're going to get 7 and I have a $13 fee. Uh, there is, oh, your dove or your sacrifice that you're bringing isn't good enough. Why don't you give us money and then I'll give you this one that's going to be good enough for your sacrifice. And then turn around and sell the one that wasn't good enough for somebody else. So there's all this corrupt practice. Yeah, it was uh, by locals at that in that time. It was uh, it was nicknamed the Nias's Bazaar because you could buy anything there. And I mean, and when I say that Jesus lost his crap, Jesus lost it, man. He he's flipping tables. He's yelling at people to get out. What was it? What was the the phrase he used? Where he quoted, where he quoted scripture. Oh, that my house will be called a house of prayer. 
Yeah, my house will be called the house of prayer, and you've turned it into a den of thieves. Like, those are fighting words. I mean, that doesn't sound harsh now, but back then, like, that, those are fighting words. And he was, he was about that life at that time. He was ready to go. And then, you know, later on that day, they see the fig tree that's been cursed. Um, and that's teaching. Jesus, they see that, and it becomes a teaching moment for for jesus and the disciples oh yeah then, it's critical teaching and then he he's they spend wednesday not a lot's known about what happened i'm sure some stuff happened I mean, well, i'll read this to you uh, i'll just this is uh in uh matthew 21 verse 21 it's what he teaches them when they come back and see the barren fig tree and he says truly i tell you if you have faith and do not doubt you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you tell this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, you will receive what you ask for in prayer. That's big. So I think Wednesday, there's there's definitely some stuff that goes down Wednesday, right? It's 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 sort of, you know, we always like to talk as a preaching point, right? That that blank page in your Bible between Malachi. And Matthew is, you know, those those centuries of silence of God. And while God may have been silent, he was not still. I mean, yeah. things were working, right? He was working. And I think on that Wednesday, you know, Jesus was, we, we could say, I mean, he was resting. Maybe there was some self-care. He was probably definitely ministering to his friends, um, prepping himself for, you know, prepping for the, for the Passover, for the Last Supper. But there's... There's a lot of action that's going on, right? And you know, in, in on Tuesday, the end of Tuesday, right? Judas is bargaining with the Sanhedrin to betray Jesus, and there's probably <clears throat> some plotting and preparation on their both their behalfs through that. Um, and there's some time spent with Martha and, and Mary and Lazarus, and probably some others, right? That was a festive house. That was the party house. Those ladies threw some dinner parties. I'm assuming they could cook because they fed a lot of people. <laughs> so, so Wednesday is is a little unknown, but we know that the the moving and the shaking was happening, right? And so next week when we come on, we're gonna we're gonna dive into the the really the meat and the potatoes of Holy Week: Maudie Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Crap Saturday, and then Resurrection Sunday. Now, I'd also like to point out it is not known as Holy Crap Saturday. Uh, that is that is that is Andy Crow's title for Saturday, um, and we'll get into why it's like that next week. But I think the Holy Week, if you if you can go through and do some do some reading and 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 meditating on each day, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, there is. And I mean, you just you open up any one of those Gospels, right, for, for those first three days that we're talking about, you know, Matthew 21, uh, start in Mark 11, you know, Luke 19, um, John 12, you know, just spend some time, spend some time in, the, in those Gospels and, and just think about where were you in that timeline? Where would you be in that timeline? You know, are, are you? there with the crowd screaming hosanna um you know sometimes i begin to wonder was that were there people there because that was the place to be seen you, you didn't want to be caught like i wasn't in jerusalem when the messiah came 
you know, I was, I was still busy doing my own stuff. So was it just a, a place to be seen and a place to know, or, you know, and how many people were there who weren't there? Yeah. Yeah. I was there. I saw that happen. And you weren't right. Well, I think when I think of Holy Week in the scripture, I don't think it lines up, but it, it really, it hits is John eight twelve. And Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever walks in me will not live in darkness, but will have the light of life. Right. Mm -hmm. That directly points to the cross and the cross directly points to the resurrection. Amen. And because of the cross and because of the resurrection, we can look and have hope in John 8, 12, because if we follow him, there is no darkness. Darkness can't fight the light, right? Like light always wins. If you look at a dark room, and I think um, I think it's three miles. If you're on a flat surface with no, um, no obstruction, like no trees or hills or anything, um, and it's pitch black outside, and you light up one candle, it can be seen three to five miles away. Mm -hmm. Like, I've heard that. Darkness can't overtake the light. No. And, and, and in all honesty, even here, right, in, in God's creation, is there ever total darkness? Because, I mean, think about the most pitch black room you'll enter in right there's still some fragment of light in there and i think so I, and and i think that that's a you know even even if you're in a dark season and you think that this, the darkness is is overwhelming you surrounding you drowning you um there's still if you if you look there's still a little bit of light oh absolutely and then that little bit of light turns into a lot of bit of light right amen Look at me I, setting you up. I teed that up for you, brother. So up the alley and I'm going to hoop it. Uh, I, I just, I go back to like when I'm getting ready for bed, like my wife and kids right now, they're, they're, they're asleep. Me and Cedar are chilling, but well, Cedar's asleep on the couch, but I, you know, I'm chilling in my chair talking to you. When I get up to leave to go to bed, I'm going to flip all the lights off downstairs and I'm going to walk upstairs in the dark. But the my phone, right? I hit one button on my phone and that screen lights up. Mm -hmm. I can see all through my downstairs and have a clear visual of not, not tripping over my kids' toys that are still on the stairs. <laughs> so the light, it, it just, darkness can't overtake the light. And sure, it may seem like you're in a dark season. Sure, Friday and Saturday seemed pretty stinking dark. right? Even Thursday night, Friday and, and Saturday seem pretty dark and we're definitely going to hit this later on uh, next week. But the dark can't overtake the light. Amen. And eventually that light is going to shine through and you may not get that light on this side of glory, right? It, you may be going through some stuff and uh, just keep trekking because at the end that light's going to get really bright and my God, is it beautiful? Amen. Amen. Well, Andy, before we close, um, why don't you tell the good people about St. Gagano Armory? Yeah. So this, like all other of our broadcasts, are brought to you by the, the wonderful marks makers at St. Gagano Armory, right? Beautiful 
crafted uh, metal and and steel products. So we both got hooks. I've got to get mine hung up in my office. Uh, we both got bottle openers he's making. Uh, he's getting ready to make uh, some doorknobs. He's working on chain mail right now, which seems pretty cool. Um, and then also uh, in a couple weeks, I'll have video of it because I'm going uh, to make my own knife. You're dead with, to me. Uh, with with our brother at St. Galgano. Uh, but you can find him on all the social media. You can find his shop on Etsy. Um, just highly recommend I uh, can't recommend his products enough. Yeah. Products, great products. If you want to check out their shop, um, it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Galgano is G-A-L-G-A-N-O. So it's etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. Um, if you want to hit us up and, and maybe talk about some, what you think about Holy Week or, um, you know, talk about our hot takes then in in the terrible sound we had in the last episode uh you could reach us on twitter at hill hipster pod you can email us hill hipster pod at gmail.com hold on i have a question because i know i don't go back and listen to these i guess i should uh was our sound bad last episode mine was because i used uh i kind of jacked up my microphone i i I didn't bring my mic because I I was I wasn't recording where I normally do, and I use these earbuds. But um, the way Zoom works, that we recorded on Zoom, I use the internal mic on my computer, which is trash. But you never told me you. It sounded good to you. You, I I checked with you. Actually, I'm I'm throwing you under the bus, but I checked with you. You said it sounded good, and then, but when I was editing it, I sounded like trash. Well, you sounded normal to me, so I didn't, that's... So you're saying I sound like trash normally, I see. Well, it's good talking to you, uh, everybody. To let us know what you think on our social media or Gmail. Uh, yeah, and I, I want to leave with this. I, I was thinking as we were talking, and you were talking about the Wednesday, um, really Psalm 51 jumped in my head. And Psalm 51 is a, a Psalm of David. It's a, it's a prayer restoration, and this is really... Um, when when Nathan the prophet came to David after he had gone to Bathsheba. And I just want to really read 14 through 17. And the psalmist says, Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do, you do not want a sacrifice or I would give it. You are not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humbled heart, God. That's a good word. We're going to end on that. So we are. And Andy, I, I, I do enjoy this time with you. So hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. And I'll leave you with this, Andy. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. We had a good episode. Now you're going to end with worshiping the devil. <laughs> I'll have a good week. I'm going to the huddle house. All right. Be blessed.